Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Like, who are you to, to talk about, you know, 
uh, you know, my parenting or whatnot. Especially because Nikki doesn't have kids. So it's like you definitely can't really judge about my parents because you ain't even got kids. Um, mm. According to Nikki, who has her own podcast on iTunes called Queen Radio, she went heavy at um, at Cardi, saying that Cardi, um, everything Cardi was saying was a lie. She never went at, at her kids. She claimed Cardi was calling other people's kids monkeys and all kinds of crazy junk. So, Chris, I'm going to ask you, man, what are your thoughts on the whole beef between Cardi and Nikki, and whose side do you take? Mm, I don't know about taking sides, but, you know, I mean, first of all, somebody got to tell Pusher to stop talking about Drake's kid. All right, okay. Let's get that out the way. <laughs> but, um, I mean, let's let's see. Let's go back to where it actually started from was from this um, motorsport um, song that the drop and them two were on it. I mean, the beef really started over, over um, somebody not getting their respect. Because Nikki felt that Cardi didn't, you know, give her respect. She wasn't basically, you know, up her ass. You know, Cardi wasn't, like, basically kissing her ass. So, I mean, that's where the beef started from. So, I mean, now you get to all this pettiness. I mean, to me, I think it's just pettiness. It's a bunch of he said, she said. And they're both, like, making a fool out of themselves. Because Nikki's saying one thing, Cardi's saying one thing. And it's to me, it's like a high school game to me. You know, it's nothing really. Because at the end of the day, like it, it's gonna, they're just gonna beef because they're the only two that's hot right now. And the thing is that that's gonna, I think that's gonna make them sell like albums or sell records because they're the only. And the thing is that, to be honest with you, even though like they're the only two top at at um of like the food chain and the fem and like uh females and stuff, they're not like there like with the male rappers you know what i'm saying like if you if you're going to be a part of this rap game and hip-hop i think that you should be competing with the men like you know for example i think travis travis scott is is rarely it's is really like he's not even a good rapper to me and you know nikki's out here calling him out just because of this subpar rapper is selling millions you know and it, it I, I really can't like, Nikki is just, for me, like, I, I really can't side with either of them. But for me, like, Nikki is just, like, really grabbing for straws, like, gasping for air here. Because it's really, like, some, it's like she's really, I, I can't even, like, first is one thing. First she's calling out, some like, one person, and it's the next person. Like, it's, Nikki's just all over the place, you know? Yeah, man. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I, I agree with what you're saying, man. I think the biggest thing that that frustrates me about about Nikki is I compare her to <clears throat> the way I've been talking to people about the new Madden, and everyone's going to go, what is he talking about? Let me explain. Yeah. Madden is the only football game for video games, the only one. There is no other off-brand, there's no other major uh, gaming company that makes a football game. So Madden, when I played it this year, the game was an exact replica, playability and everything, is last year, just with a new roster. They have mm. begun to be – they're becoming so content on the idea of, well, people are going to buy it because there's no other football game. So, like, we could just do whatever, and you're still going to buy it. Like, what else are you going to do? Who else are you going to go to? And they're becoming very lazy. Um, and with mm. Nikki, 
she for the longest before Cardi came in, and I know people are gonna say Remy Ma, but it's, um, because what you have to take into account is you can't just go, oh, well, Remy Remy Ma is one of the hottest rappers out there. She is, but what you don't see Remy Ma doing is everything Cardi's doing. You don't see Remy Ma co-hosting Jimmy Fallon show. You don't see Remy Ma uh, getting nominated for all these uh, awards on these award shows and everything. Like she's doing everything that Cardi and Nicki are doing. You don't see her doing that. Uh, she's coming after uh, Joe Budden, though. Yeah, man. I mean, look, <laughs> that pairing right there on on that show is, is, is fire. Shout out to Joe and, and, and Remy. Um, mm. Nikki, for the longest, didn't have anyone that was doing what she was doing. So she got really comfortable. The albums became a little lazy. The content became mm. a little stale. Um, and she just kind of just was hanging her hat on the fact that she was just the only one out there. So it was just like, well, who else are you going to listen to? Like, there's no other female rappers out there. Then Cardi comes. And Cardi puts her feet to the fire. And then Nikki gives that album she just dropped that I thought was subpar also. I thought she just was like, all right, I'm going to spit a few bars, sing a little bit, and people are going to remember I'm still hot. And it's like, we need more than that. Like, you got to do over and above to get that fan base back. Um, but, yeah, man, I think she's just she's grasping here. Like, the Queen Radio, the the interviews, the, you know, the, the screwing up. And Cardi saying that Nikki is messing with people's money, that's not something that, that's new that we're hearing. We hear that a lot. I mean, I think Remy even said that when she first got out. Like, Nikki was trying to mess up checks for it. That's why I was mm. just like, all right, it's not just talking. This is serious. Like, you're not about to come mess with my money. So, I mean, right. it's interesting because it's one of those things where it's like, I get your point. You don't really want to take sides because it's like they both could be dead wrong. Um, but I wanted to, to get your opinion. That new Nikki album, like, how are you feeling about that? Like, do you feel as though Nikki, like, was serving heat, or do you feel as though it was just like it fell flat? I mean, uh, for me, it was kind of flat. Just because, like, I'm not, I'm not biased or anything like that. I mean, any if anybody knows me and how I listen to music, if it's new. And if somebody and if, if somebody I know or somebody I'm unfamiliar with, regardless of who they are or who they're assigned to, I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to listen to the album all the way through, regardless if it's rock or country, regardless of anything. And I listened to her album. I think that one song where she came after everybody, and I was like, oh, all right. Like, she's, she's cooking something here. And then it was just like I never – it's like never like – getting to that point. Like it was it was kinda like, all right, when is when is she when is when is uh she's gonna have a track on this album that's gonna put her in like top ten, even top like top ten status with the with the rappers like like with the category of Drake or Travis Scott or J. Cole, like what is gonna put her up there with them? You know, what track is gonna or not even put up there, but what's gonna inch her a little bit closer. And the thing is that it was like, huh, like it, it gave, instead of like taking that big jump, it was like a little leap. You know, I mean, I, I, I applaud her for writing her own stuff. It, I mean, like, I guess she really stressed that. I mean, there's, there's time where she show up on, I think she, there was an interview with uh, Flex and there was, she was talking about, you know, like they're going back and forth and, you know, Flex, you know, I guess they squashed their beef um, because like Flex kept it a hundred. You know, Flex was like, listen, like, some of your songs and some of this stuff is not that good. And she took offense yeah. to that, and then it it was, yeah, and then it was like, oh, 
and then it turned into something else. And Flex was, and Flex had to sit there and explain explain himself like, oh, listen, like I'm not going to play a track if it's not fire, and you know, I'm not like I'm never gonna I'm never gonna like be out here trying to diss you or disrespect you. But if I think your music is trash, it's trash. So, I mean, for me, her album, uh, I mean, it's. For me, it's not something I will listen to. Like, oh, let me go listen to that Nicki album. You know, after after like, yo, listen to that Nicki album. I listened to it one, like, I listened to it two times, and then I was done. With it. It was something I'll probably never listen to again. To be honest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> funny thing is, I felt that way about the last handful of Nicki's albums, um, mm. and it's it's a shame because it's like like everyone always tells me. Like, I, I think I had this conversation with Leo. Um, everyone always says, man, Nikki, Nikki has bars, man. She's so lyrical. And it's like, yeah, but I haven't heard it since Monster in that first album. Like, I have not heard just pure bars Nikki since. Everything has been the same. You girls is my sons. Like, it, every line is about that or you know, it's just it's it's been the same old, and I haven't heard a verse from Nicki since Monster. I was just like, yo, like, man, she about to shut it down. Like, she's about to she's about to sit at the at the men's table and just completely throw everything off. You know what exactly. I'm saying? By by changing the landscape of everything, by making the world not go, oh, who's the best male and female rapper? Like now, you're just gonna have to say who's the best rapper, and Nicki's at the table. Like, mm. I haven't gotten that feel since then, and it's just like, why would she think I'm about to sit here and try to, excuse me, to defend her? Hold on, we got we got Jonah on. Jonah, what's going on, man? What's up, guys? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah you can hear you. What's up? I, I just Welcome, man. I didn't hear the whole conversation about Nikki and Cardi. What's that talking about? All right, so we were going through what the whole beef was about, about Cardi saying how Nikki was messing up checks, how, you know, Nikki was talking about her child and whatnot. And we were going through, one, like the two things you never really talk about when it comes to someone else is their child and their pocket. Like you just don't speak on the two because you don't know. So you don't speak on what you don't know. Um, Go ahead. At the end of the day, this is hip-hop. And to be honest, Cardi already did all that with somebody else talking about their child and she messed up checks before with other people. So, I mean, it's all it's all funny games in hip-hop until somebody else do it to you, you know? Yeah, it seems like that's been that's, that's been the go-to with a lot of hip-hop uh, nowadays. That it's like, yo, I'm going to talk about you, but then when you talk about me, it's like, whoa, what? Like, that's not fair. It's like, what? You've just been bad now than me for, like, the past two, three years. But I will ask you, because this is what we were talking uh, talking about right before you called in, I was saying how um, I feel as though Nikki, especially with that last album, has been very subpar. Um, and I feel as though when she first came onto the scene, I felt as though she had a chance to change the conversation to where it, it wouldn't be who's the best male and, and female MC. It was just going to be who's the best MC and Nikki's at that table. And I feel as though since Monster in that first album, since then, because she's been the only female um, doing what she's been doing in, in hip-hop, she just became really just kind of stagnant and just staying in her own way, uh, you know, in her own lane as far as just 
making what she thinks will will chart well, making what she thinks will pop well, instead of like I'm fine with that, but in between that, I would like bars, and I feel as though Nikki has not given bars in so long. What are your thoughts? Am I tripping? Like has she? Go ahead. I'm sorry. That says she got a taste of that. That um, I hate to say it, but that white people music money. She went into that pop lane and and people loved it, so she stayed over there. That's the same yeah, thing with R and B right now. A lot of people say that R and B isn't isn't alive anymore because everybody's doing pop music. Nobody's really doing R and B soul anymore, and that's because it's more money with within the pop realm. And I don't mean pop as in popular. I mean pop as in genre right and I mean I don't I don't I'm not gonna sit there and and put that against her I mean because I'm a huge Drake fan and that's all Drake does <laughs> like it gives you nothing right. but the the pop records so I'm not I'm not by any means trying to say that's not what she should be doing I'm saying in the mix of that bars would be nice just to remind people like I still got it like, for example, uh, Jonah, to start the show, I was playing E, um, uh, her song Let Me Blow Your Mind with Gwen Stefani. And that was just me saying, like, man, if Eve ever decided to just dust herself off and get back into the, the rap game, she's one of those, those rappers like, like Ludacris, um, like a few other rappers to me that have been out of the rap game so long, this new generation forgets that they were one of the best back in the day. Yeah. Like I think I think people are so used to Ludacris being in movies and shows, like they forget this was one of the hottest rappers out like a few decades for ago. A minute. And I think the same yeah. thing yeah, for a long time. Um and I think people have the same thought about Eve because she's been gone for so long. When she came back a few years ago and did that cipher, I was just like, Yes, this is this is what we need. Like this someone just so lyrical but can cross over and do both. Like that tambourine uh, record that her and Swiss Beats did, I thought that was just like, what are you doing, Eve? But I get it. I get it. It was her way of showing, like, I can do both. But then on that album, that project that she dropped, she was giving nothing but bars. So it's just it's one of those things I kind of want to ask you guys. I'll go, I'll go to you first, Shona. Like, do you think Nikki still has it? Like, if someone asked her to do a cypher, do you think she could really give – bars or do you think she's been so out of that that it's just something that she probably wouldn't ever step to the mic to do again as far as just like nah. freestyles and just giving straight bars I think she, I definitely think she could still do bars and you see a little sprinkle of it every once in a while like that um the dream song I don't care what nobody said yeah. that shit was hard that dream song was yeah, hard I, and it was, it was definitely bars yeah, I didn't have any issues with that song. It was just one of those things to where it was just like, when I heard that, I was like, all right, yeah, we're about to get like a, a, a flavor of like the the old Nicki coming back. And I was like, all right, I heard that track. And then the rest of the tracks were like these pop singy kind of songs. And I was just like, well, I thought the bars was, this this album to me is like what, what Drake did with Scorpion. Drake did uh, a side A and a side B. But if you take that side B away, <laughs> Side A was him was him barring was barring as as well as Drake can for what Drake does he was barring and I was just like that was what he needed to do was to show people like listen 
don't sleep on God's plan and stuff like that that I'm doing. I still can bar you. Right. And I was just like, I, I was just like, perfect. I was expecting Nikki to do that, but she just didn't. And I was like, dang, like that was your opportunity to let people know, like, forget about Cardi, forget about Remy, like I'm still queen here. And instead she just gave a pop, a pop album to me. And I was just like, dang. But, um, Chris, what are your thoughts, man, on, on what me and Jonah were saying? Like, do you feel as though she could have given more bars in that album, or were you fine with what she gave? The thing is that I I wouldn't say I was fine with it. I mean, it's just the thing is that I'm not really, like, when Nicki puts out an album, I'm, I'm not, like, like, it's got to the point where you're not, like, expecting anything from her, anything, like, really, 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 really great. Like that's gonna be like, oh, like this just fire. Like, let me play. Let me like blast this out through my house or in my car. Like, or, or anything that's gonna be like, yo, like it's just she's spitting so much back. It's just really just something that's um. It's just it's just really um something that's like I can't really put my finger on it. It's I don't know, you know. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you completely, and it's just like it's it's a little frustrating because it's like I wasn't looking for a Nicki album either. And let's not forget, this was an album that she kept pushing back. It was supposed to come out earlier in the summer, um, and she just kept pushing back. And then she was doing weird things to like to sell the album, like to market it. Like her doing the Fifi song with with Takashi, I was just like. And then her bars on that were just, like, super trash. I was just like, what, right. what, what is her marketing team thinking? Like, they're, And a lot of these guys are jumping on these newer names that are hot, and they're trying to sell themselves by hopping on to these younger, uh, younger artists. And it was just like, that to me was just insane. And I was just like, I don't know how, how, that, how her album is going to turn out, but if it sounds anything like that Fifi or Fluffy or whatever that, that song's name was, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'm down for that, man. And sure enough, I heard the album, and like you said before, it is definitely not something I'll be listening to more than that one time that I'd listen to it. So, I mean, it's just like, I, I don't know, man. Um, but let's yeah, move. It's... Go ahead, go ahead. No, I mean, I say it's like it's like the like the thing like with Frank Ocean, you know what I'm saying? Like when we was like Frank Ocean's gonna drop something, and then we were waiting, we were waiting, and they were just like, all right, yeah, like, you know, all right, he's not gonna drop something, he's just gone forever. Like we're not expecting anything anymore. But the only difference is like Frank Ocean is a really great artist, and Nicki is just like, uh, you know, so we we're yeah. just like, uh, we we like we cared about Frank Ocean, and, and the thing is that we care, but we don't care about Nicki. I mean, it's just like, uh, you know. See, crazy thing is, with with a lot of these uh, artists, they have such a huge fan base that their fan base could care less about what we think is good or anything like that. They are just insane for that artist. And Nicki, unfortunately, has such a huge fan base, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter what we say or how we think their album is. Because she's always going to do great numbers because her fan base is just so, I don't want to say brainwashed, because people like what they like, but it's just so infatuated with her that it's just, it doesn't matter if it's a subpar album, they'll never admit to it. Uh, but I think we have the other Chris on here. Chris, is that you? Yeah, what's going on, man? How you doing, brother? 
I'm good, brother. How y'all feeling, man? Good, good. Good, 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 man. Welcome to Cultural Integrity, man. We've been waiting for you to call in. We were just about to finish up on the Nikki versus Cardi scenario. All I'm going to ask you, Chris, if you could only take one of them, who would you prefer, Nikki or Cardi? Who would I prefer between the two? I'm just going to mm-hmm. go with Nikki. I'm going to go with Nikki. Look, I, I got nothing against Cardi B at all. I mean, her her, her struggle, her fight, um, you know, everything she did to make it to where she is today, I got to take my hat off to her. Um, we see so many people tr- go the routes that she took, whether it's through uh, reality shows, whatever, and they still never quite get out on top. But she managed to pull it off. But 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 Nikki's done her thing. No matter what you think about Nikki, you got to take your hat off to her. She sold the records. She's uh, She has the appeal of, you know, not just black with white, you know, everyone. Um, she's just taking over, man. And whether you're tired of her or not, you got to respect her hustle as well. So I would just ride with Nikki. Yeah, man, listen, like I said, it's one of those things where it's just like Nikki is super talented. She's just become super lazy to me. And, Chris, what I was comparing it to before was um, was Madden, to where Madden to me this, this year, this edition of Madden, just felt exactly like last year, but a little worse. Like, it didn't feel like, man, I'm getting a whole new feel of Madden. And the reason why is EA knows there's no other football game. So it's like, in their minds, well, what else are you going to do? You have no choice but to buy the games. There's no other football game to buy. So they're, they're becoming very lazy in, in new and inventive ways. Like 2K knows, like, you can't afford to flip because if live one year somehow magically creates a good game, you now have competition. With football, they're just like, there's no one else. So <laughs> what do we care if, if you think our game's good or not? You're going to buy it because you have no other football game to play. So with Nikki, I just feel as though she's just become so used to doing these poppy kind of singy records. She's gotten so far away from, from rapping that now it's just like she kind of felt so Cardi came around. Well, who cares? I mean, you're going to listen to my music. What other female do you have to listen to? So it became one of those things where I thought Nikki became very lazy. And her newest album, I was, me and Chris were just saying, it's like you hear it one time and it just has, like, no replay value. Like, I don't feel right. as though people 10 years from now are going to come back to this Nikki album like, yo, y'all don't know what y'all was sleeping on. This is that fire. Like, no one's going to say that. Like, the album was super subpar. Um, and that's not me saying Cardi's album was, was – you know, was Blueprint. Like, I, I, don't, I didn't think Cardi's album was that amazing, but I do think if you ask me what would I prefer, Cardi's album, uh, her first album, her debut album over Nicki's last album, I would definitely give more replay value to Cardi's last album uh, <clears throat> because I think it just it, it did more. She was able to do both rapping. She even threw in some, some – uh, <laughs> some Latin music, and that singy kind of pop kind of feel. So she was just able to capture everything, um, and Nikki just focused on one thing, which is just pop, uh, and that just drove me crazy. Um, but let's move on to something the three of us are going to really sink our teeth in because I think my opinion on it is going to be completely different from the two of you guys. Let's get into Eminem versus MGK versus Joe Budden. Let's not separate the two, even though I did end the topic. Um, let's start first with Eminem's diss track, Blind 
spot, I think it was, or blunt, what, what was it called? Blood Kill shot? shot. Something like Kill that. Kill shot. Kill shot, thank you. Kill shot. Um, which is his direct response to MGK, who did Rap Death, which was a diss to Eminem. All right, before I pass it to, to you guys, I'm going to go ahead and say first, I, I was not feeling this diss song at all. It, it even sounded lazy. Like Eminem sounded lazy. Um, it was to the point to where, excuse me, he sounded as if it was just like he was dragging along, like someone forced him to make that, that diss song. It just it didn't hit me. It didn't sound like old Eminem. It didn't sound like um, <laughs> I'll duct tape you in, 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 in the bathtub while I'm beating up your son. Like, it didn't sound like that old <laughs> Eminem that was just willing to go, like, completely insane um, on a diss track. It sounded like an old Eminem. Like, I just – and if that's how he's going to approach doing diss tracks, just don't do diss tracks. Just, uh, you know, address it on a song or whatnot. But I honestly – it just didn't do it for me. Like, I wasn't hyped about it. Um, and I honestly thought MGK's diss uh, in Rap Devil, I thought that was pretty good. I mean, for MGK. I never once thought MGK was a lyricist or a great rapper. Um, but I also never thought he was going <laughs> to – do a diss track and when I heard it I was just like this isn't bad like it's not ba- it's not as bad as I really thought it was going to be um, but Chris uh, Chris Cook I'm going to say since we have two Chris's here uh, Chris Cook I'm going to go to you first what were your thoughts on the diss between MGK and Eminem did you think Eminem's response to MGK was good and do you think MGK's diss was good to be honest with you Regardless of anything, I just want to start off with like, didn't wasn't MGK singing like pop or something at one point? Just clarify that for me. Yeah, he was like, it was it was weird because MGK never really found his place on in exactly what he wanted to do, so he just kind of floated in between everything. So yeah, I'm pretty sure at one point he was singing. I mean, he's one of those guys that after. Uh, that Steve O song, it was just you didn't really hear much of MGK after that. And the thing is, and I'm going to keep it 100 with you. I mean, the thing is that I think the only reason why, like, the only reason why MGK, everybody think about, like, MGK and his disc is because it's catchy. People can listen to it. This is something you can listen to in a car. You know, it's, it's something like, oh, yo, this is hard. But if you listen to it, I mean, he's just sound. He just sounds repetitive. Like, only reason why I think MGK is trying to diss M, or anybody tries to diss M, even Joe Budden or or Nick Cannon or Mariah Carey or or anybody. Like, people have to understand Eminem is a rap god. Like, period. Like, he's forever solidified in that top spot. Regardless of, I don't care what you say, I don't care who comes along. It, when you when you talk about yo know, that the first white the the first Caucasian white, uh, rapper white rapper is M, and you were cool with that, you're okay with that because I'm telling you, he spit straight fires and in the, in the he had hits, so he's he's going to be forever in that top spot. And MGK is really just like even even in interviews, people people were saying like, oh. And took too long to to have a diss. I'm like, you don't want to give this guy any more clout. He's getting all his clout. He's getting all his publicity 
off of M because he wouldn't go diss M. Because I'm telling you, if MGK was dissing somebody else, we wouldn't be talking about it right now. Good point. No, I mean, listen, you, you make you make very compelling points, but we still can't ignore the elephant in the room, which is that was a very subpar diss track. Like, I get it. Eminem is amazing. He is lyrically, like, right now, I don't think there's anyone lyrically, bar for bar, um, that wants to see Eminem in just a, a, a lyrical battle. But we're talking diss track. And let's be honest, Eminem hasn't really had big rap beefs, like lyrical rap beefs. Like he's got given a, a, a diss track to Benzino. I don't think anyone's looking for a Benzino track. He also mm-hmm. went up against Ja Rule, but I don't think any of us has ever considered Ja Rule a lyrical guy. So it's one of those things where it's like, who, like why, why do we give Eminem this pass? That is just like, all right, he's greatness, so anything he raps is just pure greatness. And I'm not saying we're saying that. It's just one of those things where it's like everyone that I talk to that I say, I thought it was subpar. They're like, yo, Eminem is just a lyrical god. He's only getting started. Wait till he really gets – it's just like, wait, what? If this were anyone else, if Hove came out and gave a subpar diss track, none of us would be looking to say, yo, give him, give him a round two. Wait, wait to see what he does in round two. We'd be like, yo, so if you don't get your old self back into dadhood and, and, and keep doing business and Trayvon Martin documentaries and, and get out of this rap game, man, like, you, you, you lost a step. Like, go. We would not be willing to give Jay-Z a second shot at a district. But when it comes to Eminem, we're, we're willing to give him this huge leeway. Um, and I'm not – I'm personally not okay with that. Um but uh, Chris, uh, I keep forgetting both of you guys are Chris. Chris, what is your thought on uh, the, the beef between Eminem and MGK? And do you think the diss tracks uh, between the two of them were good, or do you think they were both subpar? Or did you like them? I like both of them. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, when you were just talking about that folks wouldn't give uh, Hove a second chance, they would because it's Hove, Right. If we 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 would come down hard on Hove, like come on Hove, you know there's no way in hell you coming out with this man. We expecting so much more, but we would still be listening to see if Hove came back with something else. It's the same with M. I don't think this is the greatest rap track, uh, you know, response or this track that I've ever heard. But that being said, to be honest with you, I still think it was decent, and I don't think Eminem thinks that's even closer to the best that he could do with the best that he could write. I think both guys came off decent, but M is M, man. And let's be honest. Let's be honest. How many people, except for real deep rap heads, really know who MGK really is? Okay? Like, he just got booed the other night, right? They just said he was at, uh, didn't he just open up with somebody and said the fans booed him? <laughs> like, well, you know, the, for, for the this thing, The thing what with happened? that is the the full video was they were booing at certain points. Like, it wasn't just, like, as soon as he went into that track, they were crazy booing him. Um, But, I mean, like you said, look, I'm not here to defend MGK because if someone asked me, like, name three songs, I could barely name you one. So my position isn't to the defense of MGK. It's also not to 
disrespect Eminem. It's just one of those things to where I think we have put Eminem on this pedestal that is right. kind of just like, like, I think we forget his last few albums were subpar. That's my opinion. That's not fact. That's just my opinion. His last few albums well, were not Eminem. Go ahead. Well, I don't, know, I don't know because I've heard plenty of people, especially if you read a lot of the comments around social media talking about this very subject that we're talking about now, there are tons of folks that I see that do mention and they do talk about the fact that, you know, they, they may not have been feeling Eminem's last couple of albums like they did the early album, but we can say that about a lot of people who we still trying to put up there and say that they're great. But, I mean, if you really think about this, though, I'm going to be honest with you. I like MGK's song. I do. But you, let me tell you what sticks out the most to me about this song <laughs> is the beat. I mean, I'm, I'm keeping right. it real. That, no, not saying that MGK doesn't spit any fire in there because he does. I mean, he's got some nice stuff in there. And some stuff that makes you like, damn, did he really just say that? Or some things that you may remember if you hear it time and time again. But the beat catches me every time I hear it. Anytime I listen for an M joint, I'm listening for what he's gonna say. Period. I don't mm-hmm. care if he's if he's if he's rapping over a Taylor Swift track. I don't know if that would happen, but a Taylor Swift track, <laughs> a Willie Nelson track. You feel me? You know, you know, he could be rapping off a track from a main man, BBK. It doesn't matter. I'm listening to what M got to say. And don't mean to be harsh when I say this because I don't want to respect your brother that just passed away, right? Because I actually kind of like the kid, you know, but, you know, my man Mac passed away, right? But all mm-hmm. you see, all you saw a lot of on social media was a lot of folks were like, who is that, right? Those right. really listen. And I'm not going to say I was the biggest Mac Miller fan, but I probably heard six or seven tracks. I like the dude, right? But a lot of mm-hmm. cats would not know, a lot of cats didn't know who he was if something unfortunate like that was to happen. It's the same thing with MGK at this point. I feel like if you're going to come at somebody, you need to be a heavyweight, man. Um, this is not going to make him a heavyweight. This is not going to make him a heavyweight. If something was to happen to the brother, and I hope that it doesn't, but anytime soon, they're going to remember this kid by the guy who tried to diss Eminem, not the guy that actually took him out, man. Like, I listened to this song that he made, and I thought it was okay. I thought it was decent, but he sounds kind of better than me. I don't know how y'all feel about it, right? He's going to throw a line in there, and I don't remember word for word, but he said something about you got an Oscar or something, let somebody else eat. Well, if you're going to eat, go eat yourself, man. Why are you telling that man to let you eat? I don't think M would ever say anything like that to anybody. M will come straight for your jugular. He's going to put it out there. He's not going to say a line like let somebody else do something. M going to take it. Yeah, okay. So let me let me get into exactly what, what my issue with Eminem is um, because it, it's, <laughs> it's funny because it, it's a huge issue that I have with him. I think Eminem is someone, and when I say this, it's going to sound insane. I think Eminem is someone who who we help put on a pedestal, but then in return gives nothing. Like, he, I don't want to say steal, because I think that's a very, 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 um, like, a disgusting term to use. But I think he feeds from our culture, but gives nothing to the culture. Like, I mean, you say, Chris, you're listening to hear what he says. My question is, he often says nothing. He often uses rhyme schemes in, in, in lyrical plays sometimes to make words rhyme and sound really cool. But what is he saying? And I also have an issue that 
to sell his last album, he was using Black Lives Matter as a as a cattle prod to sell an album. And I'm not saying Eminem is someone who doesn't care about black lives. I'm not saying Eminem is someone who is out here trying to just completely like he's not with Chris uh 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 Chris Cook, what is her name? Bad Bobby or whatever her name is. She is someone who completely steals from the culture, who has no respect mm. for the culture. I feel as though Eminem has respect for the culture, but we can't ignore that this guy, we have been feeding this guy for generations now, or two generations now, but what has he given back to our culture? Now, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, he might donate to these, these charities, and he might do this for that. I get that. I need to know what you do for the culture that has given you your platform. What have you brought to the table that we can say, forget music, Eminem did this for our culture. And I feel as though that's something that gets ignored because, again, we just love Eminem so much. We just love what he has to say. We love how crazy and funny and erratic he can be on the track. But my biggest issue is he is he is, and it's one of those things where it's like it, it reminds me kind of like kind of like Nike, like. Nike's doing this whole thing with Colin Kaepernick. It's great. But we can't sit here and ignore the fact that they're getting, they're profiting off of Kaepernick. It's not just like we're doing it out of the kindness of our hearts and all the proceeds go to uh, the organization Colin Kaepernick is with. They're profiting off of him because they know that if we get him, it'll sell a whole lot more because his demographic will go, well, we are with Kaepernick, so we'll buy Nike. We'll buy all your products because we support Kaepernick. I think Nike executives could care less about what he's actually preaching. And I'm not saying Eminem mm. is to that extent, but I'm saying I feel as though if you're not contributing to the culture, I feel as though you can't just keep eating off the culture. At some point, just your music has to go go to the side, and it now has to become, what are you doing for the culture itself? Chris Cook, I'm going to go to you. Do you think I mean, he is contributing to the culture? I mean that's that's like a loaded question. It's I mean I the thing is that I like you you want you want us to take the music out and see what has he done for the culture altogether. I mean the thing is that he's I mean regardless of what it is, I mean he has spoke about Black Lives Matter, you know, talks about Trump. I mean he even, you know, when he was, you know, using, you know, like homophobe slanders and stuff, he actually did a song with Elton John. And, you know, like, just to break that tension. I mean, the thing is that, I mean, when we look at him, what I what I think he gives to the culture is that, you know, like, that diversity, that, that listen, like, yo, know, regardless of where you're from, you know, regardless of where you're from or what's your background, if you're good at, if you're good at, like, like word schemes, like, rapping, like, you, if you're good at that, you know, you have to come prove yourself, because you know M was like M was like counted, you know, counted out and stuff. Just you know, just because you know he was white and you know stuff like that, and, and hip hop is our thing. So I mean, like, what M really brought to the culture is, I mean, I, like I said, we can't really like find that. The thing is that what makes M at the top is that the what he brought to the table that was never brought before. There was never crazy like something was different. The same thing like I would say like, you know, um R. I. P. to X XX Tentacion. Like he he came into the game, he came into the culture and he changed it. You know? So 
I mean, it's, and then, you know, they started doing fundraisers. He, started, he did fundraisers and stuff like that. But the thing is that just, like, musically, you know, outside of all this other stuff, you know, he changed, like, he gave us something to listen to. And, you know, I, I mean, Eminem is the first person I ever heard write a diss track about his mom. You know, like, who does that? You know, like, Em was just so different, and he changed, and he changed the game of rap. You know, so, I mean that's that's really that's really what it is. He changed the game of rap, and that's why he's up there. That's why we put him up there. You know, because he changed the game of rap. Same thing with with Jay Z. The same thing with Drake. Like we put these guys up there because they they made a change. It's like yo, listen, like this is something different. This is something amazing. You know, same thing with Kanye. Like yo, these beats are hard. Or when like back in like gradu like graduation, um, you know, old Kanye when he had the bars. Like Kanye was always different. So it's really like, like when it when you talk about impacting the culture, I mean it's it's really like you know a lot of people just really look at the music and I'm just looking at the music, like you know for now like I'm looking at the music like what has he done to impact the culture uh, the culture musically outside than that I, you know there's really I don't really have anything or I you know I haven't done like any you know checks or looked up anything about anything he's done like outside of that besides change you know hip hop. Itself. Well, I will say, as far as what you were speaking about with the whole LGBT community and, and everything uh, like that, I will say that's, that's another point that I'm trying to make of how flawed, just, we're, we're focusing just on Eminem, how flawed Eminem is. Let's not forget mm. he made his career saying the words like faggot and, and how much he didn't like gay people. That, but that was when it was cool to say it. That was when people thought it was funny and, and uh, the quote-unquote cool thing to say back then. He knows in today's time, that does not pass. You can't get away with saying anything like that. So what does he do? Absolutely. He does, he does, he does cleanup. So he does, oh, you know, I support and blah, blah, blah. But he just called uh, he just called Tyler the Creator some crazy junk not too long ago. Um, so, I mean, Eminem, the, the thing we have to remember with celebrities are they, they, they have to have an ultimate spin cycle to where – their their careers depend on their image. So Eminem knows, one, trying to sell albums. Two, I know I can't say what I said back in 2001 and 2018. I have an image to protect. I can't just be that reckless rapper. Um, so I don't want to make it seem like Eminem's this caring, loving, uh, supportive guy of a group of people. He spent majority of his career ripping into for absolutely no reason whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't provoked. It wasn't like, you know, anyone uh, gay did anything to him. He just portion of the first half of his career ripping into the whole idea of it. I mean, we, we can't just overlook that. Like, we can't just go, oh, that was just old Eminem. Like, that's a part of Eminem's history. Um, and when I say his contributions to culture, the reason why I say we have to sideline the music is because I think we just get comfortable hanging our hat on the music. So we just go, man, look, look, look at all the tracks and you know, you know, all the songs and stuff he gave he gave to the game. Like, yo, he definitely you know contributed to the culture. Culture to me isn't just music. Just like if you're a football player, culture to me isn't just you running the football. It has to be outside of the game. Because we are what helps you do that what's on TV. Like, we contribute to that. So I want to know what your, contrib your contribution is back to us. Because if you're telling me you winning football games or you doing number one albums is your contribution to us, 
that's false because I don't get any of those proceeds. Like <laughs> when you sign those huge deals or you go number one and you chart and you make those millions of dollars, that doesn't come to us. <laughs> we don't see that in our neighborhood. So I want to know what your contribution outside of the music is because that is, is that's, that's what's called a legacy. Like your music can't just be the only thing. Excuse mm-hmm. me. And uh, Chris Sims, I think you can speak more to this. I mean, because think of all the legendary athletes, Muhammad Ali, Jim Brown, all those guys. What's the biggest thing we always talk about when it comes to those guys? Their legacy outside of the sport that they were in what they brought outside of that sport. Like, we could never look at Muhammad Ali and just go, he was only just a great boxer. That was it. That was all he did. Jim Brown, he was only a good football player. That was all he did. We know they did a lot more for the culture than just throw a punch or run a football. They mean more to our culture than just the sport that they played for. I'm saying you look at you look at a lot of uh, Prince, Michael Jackson, uh, dang, someone's phone's going off like crazy. Um, <laughs> you look at a lot of our important artists, um, and they mean more to us than just the music. They mean a lot to our culture. And what I'm saying is I don't feel as though Eminem means the world to our culture. We could pick him up and pluck him out of our culture, and we still have a great culture without Eminem. I'm saying until he contributes to our culture – I will forever think everything he does is a, is a publicity stunt, is a media stunt. Same as I think a lot of these musicians, when they come out and they do something like, like, don't tell me Nicki Minaj coming out and paying for kids' tuitions, even though that's a great thing, a great thing. I do not want to want to take that away. But it's around the same time your album's coming out. You trying to tell me that's not to sell albums? That's not to get these kids going, yo, Nicki just paid for my college. I can't wait to go home and listen to her album now. Like that that goes hand to hand that goes hand in hand. Like come on now. Like same thing with with uh excuse me, with you can't tell me uh NFL agreeing to, to air that Colin Kaepernick Nike commercial on the first night football's back isn't to get everyone who left football, who left watching football because of the Colin Kaepernick thing to, to come back to it. Because they're like, oh, yo, maybe they're, they're showing respect to what Kaepernick was standing for. Let me watch to see what this commercial is. Like, all those things are backhanded, very dirty plays to gain more attraction. And I can't be blinded by that because it's a quote-unquote nice deed. But, Chris Sims, I've been talking way too much, man. Give me your thoughts on the whole thing of do you feel as though Eminem has contributed, uh, has given a big enough contribution to the culture with more than just his music. I do. And the thing is, first, let, let me let me say this, right? And it might throw some people to the left. I'm not one of those people that believe that you have to, uh, you know, it's great that you give back, and I would hope that you would want to give back and help those in need. But I'm not one of those people that think just because somebody's got money, that's what they have to do, okay? And that's mm. just me. That's just always in my thoughts. Um, and that's whether it's a, a rapper, whether it's an athlete, whether it's, whether it's whoever, okay? I don't think that you have to. If it was me and I was blessed to make those millions, of course I'm going to do it. I would want to do it. That's just me. But everybody, like, to each his own. But we talk about Eminem, right? Now, are, you, are we talking about the culture or are we just talking about giving back in general? Because he does have a couple of foundations, to my understanding. He has his own foundation to help at-risk youth. 
Um, I know it started out him helping people back in his Detroit area. I've, I've read that that's expanded. Um, they had the Manchester um, attack victim situation. I remember something about that. He helped raise over $2 million uh, for that wow. charitable cause. I mean, this, there's stuff on and on, and I'm sure you can look, and there's lots of stuff that he's done. So are we just talking about for the culture of hip-hop? Are we talking about for the culture of of uh, blacks and minorities? Are we just talking about as a whole giving back? Because at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if you are going to be someone that helps someone, does it necessarily, just because he's a rapper, does it have to be only blacks that he helps because he's in hip-hop? You know, you see what I'm saying? Or is it just the, mm. the culture of helping people in general? That That's my thing. We're talking about, you know, these athletes and these folks giving money for, you know, folks to go to school. I don't, I don't think they really discriminate, you know, when it comes to, you know, most people don't discriminate who they give money to when it comes to, when it comes to a charity. When we see things like natural disasters strike people and they strike folks, no matter what our differences are with folks, you always see people helping out no matter what the color is. You know, I'm helping those folks, whether they're black, white, you know, Hispanic, whatever. So when we're talking about Eminem, he has a track record, if you go look it up, of, of helping charities and organizations. So, you know, it's, it, it, to me, this really depends on what we're talking about. But I also want to say is, when we're talking about Eminem and we're talking about, um, Juwan, you mentioned to me about, uh, or you mentioned just now about how some of the other people may perceive him or, 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 or something to that effect. We're talking about other what other rappers have done or what other folks have done, right? Just as many detractors as Eminem has, you know, we see people now, a lot of old school rappers or even today rappers diss Eminem. They don't like him because it is. He's only this because he's white. This, that, and the third. There's just as many in the game that love Eminem and some of the greatest. I don't know if you guys have ever seen. Um, I can't think of the name of it. From no, it's it's a, it's a documentary um, came out maybe about three or four years ago or so. Ice T did it. I can't remember the name of it, and I have it somewhere in my um, DVD collection. And they go round and round, and they're talking about people who is the illest person in the game, the person they respect. You know, I'm I'm a little old school guy, but one of the first people that popped out the M's defense and said he's the illest out there, Red Man. Mad respect. Cats know Method Man, right? Method Man loves this dude, right? Um, mm-hmm. Back in the day, even to this day, old school heads like myself, some people think Rakim may be the greatest to ever touch a mic. Rakim said this dude is straight nasty. Basically said the dude was black. You know, he would be the Muhammad Ali of this game. Nas, mm. Jay-Z, these cats love this dude. You can look it up. And then the thing that really strikes me is the guy who expanded and stood the test of time, Snoop Dogg, right, keeps reinventing itself. We know Snoop from the hardcore Snoop to the love Snoop, Snoop Lion, Gospel Snoop, TV Snoop, Cooking with Martha, right? This is the same mm. dude that said Eminem cooked Jay-Z on Renegade. Okay, and he said after ah. he heard what he did to Jay Z, he mm-hmm. said I don't want that man on my album. I'm cool, and that's his opinion, right? But I'm right, telling right. you, so the, the dude is dope, you know. So I, I just wanted to put that out there. No, listen, listen. I take nothing away from Eminem as a rapper. I am one of those people who, to me, it's like when you break down lyrics, like all the names you just uh, you just gave us. When you break down lyrics, 
Mm-hmm. I have listened to Eminem. I just feel like he has. It's just. <laughs> I feel like his lyrical content. A lot of the times, he's not saying anything. I had someone repeat a line from that diss track, and I was just like, "Yo, what does that even mean?" He's like, "I don't know, man, but it sounded dope, right?" And I was just like, "That's how he hooks you. <laughs> That's hey, how a lot of the uh, times Eminem hooks hey. you." Go ahead. But you want? Can I say something? Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you, and I'm an Eminem fan. There's a lot of times, there's a lot of tracks over the years that you listen to, and he ain't really saying nothing. But there's a lot of tracks right. that he's saying a whole lot, and it'd be fire, right? Right. What is right? What is, look Seinfeld, right? Seinfeld mm-hmm. is regarded by a vast majority of people of possibly being the greatest sitcom of all time, right? What mm-hmm. is Seinfeld about? What 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 is Seinfeld about? Absolutely nothing. A show about nothing, right? right? And still regarded by a lot of folks as the greatest sitcom ever. And then you'll have, some, but then you'll have some folks that come in and say, "No, nah, I like Friends better. I like Mash better," and that's perfectly fine, okay? Mm-hmm. But Eminem and a lot of this stuff says nothing, still dope, just like Seinfeld was. Show about nothing, bro. Yeah. Well, the the way I look at it is, it's just one of those things where it's like. I have Eminem in a hierarchy of, of rappers. And I started this whole thing by saying I'm not disrespecting him as as a rapper. Um, right. It's just, it's just one of those things where it's like I listen to Kendrick Lamar a lot. Like Kendrick Lamar is, is starting to get to that point where it's like he'll say something so fast and so, so intricate that you go, yo, 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 yo. He just said some fire. And then when you read the lyrics, you're like, oh, he ain't, he ain't even really just say nothing just now. Like, yeah, he loves M2, so you know that, right? Yeah, exactly. But th- that's what I'm saying. It's one of those things where it's like I think us as fans, we sometimes we just go like we're such a fan of that person. It's like we sometimes ignore how they kind of like sneak around things sometimes. And I think Eminem is just that's why I thought the the freestyle or the diss track rather was just it it didn't land with me because I just felt like he was just one. I thought the diss track was unnecessary. Why, why are you dissing MGK? Like, why? Like, all of these young rappers are dissing OGs only to get the OGs to respond. And when you respond, you then give them that attention that they were only, that the only reason they dissed you was because they were seeking that attention. So, right. I, I mean, the last thing right. I want to ask you guys before we move on to the next topic is, okay, we did all that, but we still didn't answer. Who won the battle between MGK and Eminem, it's far from over. I, I definitely believe that. But as of right now, <clears throat> Sims, I'm going to go to you first. Who won that battle? M won it. And, and the reason I say he won it, look, I, I've already agreed with you that I don't think it's the greatest diss track ever. Um, and some of it does sound kind of lazy at certain points, right? But then again, as slick as some of MJK's lines was, I don't see any knockout in there. You got to knock out the champ to beat him. I mean, that's where it is, the way it is, and everything—boxing, whatever. So even with a somewhat lazy effort at points, him beat him. I, the hottest thing to me, outside of a couple of slick lines that MGK said, was the beat. So him beat him. Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny because I look at this the same way. I look at um, <laughs> that uh, that Packers Vikings game from the other night. I view this as just a plain tie. 
Like, it's just one of those things where it was just like, I wasn't impressed by either side. Like, I thought both sides were flawed. I thought both sides could have done a lot better. I felt as though M walking out of this didn't close the casket. He didn't close the casket. Same way people tell me I'm crazy. Same way I didn't think Pusha T closed Drake's uh, casket. I thought you were giving lines of information we didn't know, but they weren't uh, they weren't crazy like like uh, y'all remember y'all remember those lines Nas and Hope were giving each other. Those were casket closers. Like those weren't just um, <laughs> weren't just all right, let me give you some bars or some information that someone – Hope said something crazy about Nas, like uh, something on his, on his baby's car seat or some crazy junk he was saying about Nas that was just like, whoa, hold on a second, what? <laughs> like, that, that's how you end a beef with, with lines like that. And I felt as though neither one gave me anything that was right. just like, all right, no matter what the other guy says, this is over. Like, you can't, you can't come back from that. Uh, but but uh, Chris Cook, I'm gonna ask you, man. Give me a winner, MGK or Eminem? I mean, I'm definitely gonna have to side with M. I mean, it's like it's like you're it's like you're trying to fight Floyd Mayweather right now. I'm telling you, you and 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 like I said, both of the songs are both of the songs are like there. Uh, you know, there's not something like Yolo. It's not like you know Duffy Freestyle where you know, I can play that diss track regardless. Anywhere, any place, any time. But absolutely. But the um, but the thing is, like, like I said, it's like a Floyd Mayweather fight. You can't just sit there and throw jabs and expect you're gonna win. I mean, you. And the thing is that I think the MGK song was just so. It's just the beat was so hard. That's it. Like the beat was just super fire. Like I, I, I hands down. Like I heard that beat and I was just like, oh, I, I just bought my head to it. That's the only thing I can say about that song. It's he for me he just kept going in circles for me. Like how are you gonna compliment him and diss him at the same time? Like I, I don't I don't understand that. I don't get that. Yeah, so no, I mean, he he definitely he definitely wavered a lot, but I think that was his point. He was coming from the standpoint of someone that was one of his biggest fans but was telling him how flawed he is. And I think Eminem in this point in his career with all of those floppy albums that he's dropped recently is a very flawed rapper right now, and I feel as though he's doing whatever he needs to do to sell records. And I don't mean that like he's selling out to sell records. I mean that like he will engage in a completely pointless beef to sell records. And that is something we have never seen from Eminem. I mean, think about this. He's doing these interviews with Sway that seem as – and let's not forget, Sway works for Eminem. So it's not like Sway's given hard-hitting questions and hard-hitting interview. It seemed like Sway and Eminem went into that interview with Eminem telling Sway exactly the questions he wanted to answer. And it was just like, that's, when's the last time you've seen Eminem do an interview? Like, the, everything about what he's doing, this whole media rollout, is just weird. And I, it just to me, it's one of those things where it's like Eminem should approach – everything going forward the same way Joe Budden does. You know how many people diss Joe Budden on a regular basis? When's the last time you heard Joe Budden respond to someone on a track? Never. Never. It's been the the longest. I think Joe Budden is fire. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I kind of like his music. So, I mean, people come at Joe all the time, but, I mean, his his music is not for everybody, but I I think his music is fire. Yes. I agree, and that's why I say 
the the whole idea of of a beef between M and Joe Budden, I'm just like, if you're if you're Eminem, you have not had a beef to date with a lyricist. Joe Budden is not Benzino, is not Ja Rule, is not MGK. We will never hear a diss track from Eminem, a full track, not a bar, a full track from Eminem. Because, and people might say I'm a Joe Budden stand because I just love everything Joe Budden's doing. Um, but it's just, it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't think he wants that. Same thing as I don't think Drake would ever do a distract to Kendrick. I don't think he wants that. But he'll give one to push. <laughs> he'll give one to, to, to somebody he thinks he can, he can tear up. Because we know push is an amazing MC. But I... I mean, I've seen Push do one diss track. That was against Lil Wayne before he did the the Drake one, and I thought that was fire. But it was just like to me, Lil Wayne's not a not a not a lyricist. So it was like whatever Lil Wayne was gonna say back to you wasn't gonna be anywhere near us getting excited for a rap beat. Like that was like some street stuff. But lyrically, I never thought like, man, he's about to give it. Like Lil Wayne's about to give us something fire. Like I never once thought that. So it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't think Eminem wants to smoke with Joe Button. But before we leave this topic, last question I'm going to ask you guys. Um, <laughs> Sims, do you think Eminem wants to smoke with Joe Button? I don't think, I don't think, I'm scared. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm with you guys. I think, I think Joe Button. He's nice with it. A lot of people don't know that Joe Budden get down the way he gets down unless you're really into Joe Budden or a lot of the street battles or whatever. But on the flip side of it, um, I don't. I personally don't think Em is scared of anybody. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, until somebody shows me different, I don't. I don't think he's scared of anybody. Because um, Joe, even Joe, the statements he just made um, about Em and how long he's been better than him and, and all that. I still feel at the same token, if, if you're going to talk it, you need to walk it. Go and put it out there, man, and, and do something. Mm, facts. Yeah, well, listen, as, as Joe keeps saying, he's waiting. He's He has a, he has bars tucked in the holster. <laughs> I was just watching the State of the Culture, so he was telling Remy, I got the bars in the tuck. But to Joe, it's just like, I don't. I think he views it as he doesn't benefit from it. Like, he doesn't rap anymore. So, like, he doesn't have to worry about he, – he's not thinking about, like, okay, like, let me do this diss around, like, when an album comes out to, to boost my numbers or anything like that. So there's nothing beneficial but street credit or rapper credit. Um, so it's like he benefits from it, like, no way whatsoever. And in his mind, the beef is one-sided because all he said was is what a lot of people thought, which was that last album was garbage. Um, so it was just like, but that won't know, I used to be, no, he said a whole lot more. But the biggest okay. thing Eminem responded to, the biggest thing Eminem responded to was like, yo, I feel like you could have said that a lot differently. And it's like, um, no. One thing I always want from my friends is the utmost of honesty. If I'm out here sounding trash, looking trash, whatever, you got to tell me. And I think he's saying, like, you didn't have to tell the public. Cool, you're right, but my job is to do that. Like, if, if I ducked that question, people would have been like, oh, yo, you're just, your, your extreme loyalty to Eminem is why you can't be honest. So it was like, I'm a journalist now. I'm not a rapper, and I don't rap anymore, so I'm not signed to you technically because I'm not rapping anymore. 
My job is to be as honest as I possibly can. And he spoke for the people. A lot of people thought that last album was garbage. I am one of those believers. I thought that album was like, Eminem, who are you doing this album for? Like, who exactly was this album supposed to be catered to? Because if it was supposed to be catered to hip-hop fans, try again. (laughs) Because that's not how you do it. Um, but uh, Cook, what were you? What are your thoughts? Do you think Eminem wants to button smoke, or do you think it's not even something he's thinking about because he could care less? I really think. I, at this point, you know, I don't really even care about the beast. Um, and it's it's just non. It's for real. It's just nonsense. I mean, all Joe Budden is, he's like you said, he's speaking. He's speaking. He's speaking about his opinion. You know, he feels. And how he feels, and how many other people feel, and he's out here and he's saying it. I mean, if you if you get mad at somebody, which everybody seems now in the industry, and in which the industry is like real sensitive, sensitive now, is that if somebody states their opinion and how they feel about someone, they're taking it to heart and they're trying to write a diss track. You know, like right. like for, for some reason the industry is so sensitive now. Like some of the beefs are like over nonsense. Like you have Trippy Red and Six Nine are having arguments over over <coughs> Instagram, like over live, and it's just like, like okay, like what, like it, like for me, like the beef is the beef. I can really care less about the beef, but I just think like Joe Budden, he doesn't rap anymore. Joe Budden is just all right, whatever. This is what I'm doing. This is where I'm at now. And okay, if you want to talk shit, go ahead and talk your shit. But I got something for you. Yes. I mean, it, it's literally as simple as that. And I think a lot of people who think Joe is just washed up has been who only had one hit. I think if he ever decides to come out, I mean, first of all, let's not ignore, he completely tore Drake up. Um, he was talking about on this podcast, he was going to do a diss EP. Like, he kept giving us track after track after track for disses to Drake that Drake never responded to. Uh, right. I think that's important. I think that's important. Uh, to state the fact that Drake knew he was smart enough to know that's just not a battle I want. And I think, and I'm not comparing Drake to Eminem whatsoever, but I'm just saying, I think that counts as a conversation. Um, but let's move on. <laughs> let's talk about somebody that has completely just wrecked my brain. Let's talk about Kanye West, the guy who, if, <laughs> if I've ever seen a media, I don't want to say circus, but just someone who's just clearly out for numbers, Um, it's Kanye. I mean, you got this guy telling people he's moved back to Chicago, he's never leaving. You got him telling people he has a a duo, well, not a duo, but an album that he's doing coming out with Chance the Rapper. And you also got him, and get this, guys, this is the one that just completely blew me away, these last two that Kanye West has been, been talking about. One, he's telling us that he's that Watch the Throne 2 is coming soon. Last time I checked, I don't think him and Hove are on the same page. I don't get how that works. That's one. And two, he has an <coughs> album dropping the end of this month called, and get this, Yandi. I don't know I don't know what to think about Kanye. I don't know what's going on in his mental. <laughs> Chris Sims, I'm going to start with this first This first question. What is wrong with Kanye? <laughs> I, 
don't know. I was, I was hoping y'all was going to tell me, man, like, Kanye is all over the place. Like, a lot of the stuff you just mentioned, um, he got this coming out, he got that coming out. He's uh, telling the folks he's moving back to Chicago permanently. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's going on there, unless they just buy an extra crib, because I, I really can't see Kim K. West living in she ain't no Chicago type of female. You know what I'm saying? No, so, absolutely not. I, 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 I don't know what that's about. I don't even know if he knows what it's about, man. But um, as far as that, that whole situation with him and you brought up on him and Jay or this Watch the Throne 2 that he put out there, do we know if Kanye's just putting that out there to try to, you know, put Jay on the spot? Um, or have they really talked or – is he just being really vague about the whole thing and says well, we watch the throne too and there's gonna be somebody else out there? Like I really don't know, especially for me. And I know y'all might think I'm crazy. Me personally, I want a big fan of Watch the Throne. Period. Wow. Well, that's crazy because I thought Watch the Throne was iconic. I thought that album just right. sonically was just insane. Um, but the thing is, it's like. You wanna, you wanna, when you hear him say "Watch the Throne 2 coming soon," you wanna hear that and go, "All right, well, Kanye is just being crazy." But "Watch the Throne 2" has been something that has been talked about since the first one came out, since after the first one right. came out. So it's not mm-hmm. like he's just pulling it out of air. Like it's something that's always been talked about. But if Kanye wants to get back in the good graces of the people, what he should do, which would be a marketing, just freaking home run. Watch the throne is supposed to be about the two kings on the throne, right? That's how I that's how I interpret it. Like Kanye right. and Ho felt as though they were the two best in the game. That's why they were like, watch the throne, because we're on the throne and y'all are watching us from above. You know what I'm saying? If he really wanted to make a statement and do something completely amazing for hip-hop, he would make Watch the Throne 2 a J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar album. That is how you make the entire Whoa. hip-hop world go insane. Make Watch the Throne 2 a Kendrick and J. Cole album. I don't <clears> know <throat> if that's something that's even remotely possible, but J. Cole and Kendrick have been talking about, we got an album, you know, we're going to do an album together, blah, blah, blah. We had so many songs together, whatever. Completely surprised people by having it drop on a random day where Watch the Throne 2, where we're expecting it to be Kanye and Drake or Kanye and Jay-Z or whatever, completely shock us and have it be J. Cole and Kendrick. Have that just completely catch everyone completely off guard and have that be something that is monumental to hip-hop because I think a lot of people thought the first one was monumental. It was Kanye at his peak. It was Hove at his peak just barring you, just completely barring you and getting the best producers in the game. Excuse me. To just give you the fire. I mean, he had they had Pharrell in there. They had um, Timbaland. They had uh, Swiss Beats. They had so many people in that studio creating magic. You do that with J. Cole and Kendrick, people forget how loony Kanye has been and how insane he's been. And for, for however long that album lasts in people's brains, that's all they're thinking about. Kanye gave us Watch the Throne 2 with J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. That is how... You market. That is how you sell records. You do something monumental like that. But as far as what he's been doing, announcing he has an album dropping the end of this month, which is right around the time of the the premiere of Saturday Night Live where he is the musical guest, 
Um, I don't like the idea that he's calling his album Yandi. I don't like that the photo that he released looks just like um, the Yeezus album. So I'm just mm-hmm. like, all right, well, you called yourself Yeezus. Now you're calling yourself Yandi. These are the things we didn't like. Like We didn't like when you were doing the self-absorbed things. Um, and I don't think a lot of people are going to be on board for that. Um, but then the idea of him and Chance doing an album. I didn't like Kanye's album with Cuddy. I thought Cuddy was obviously the standout. I thought I wanted more Cuddy and less Kanye. So it, it's one of those things where it's like, if you're telling me you're doing an album with Chance, I kind of want it just to be a Chance album. I don't want to <clears> hear more Kanye. I've heard too much Kanye on Nas's album, Push's album, Tiana Taylor's album, his album, Push's Like, it's enough, <laughs> Kanye. <laughs> like, relax, man. But Chris Cook, what are your thoughts on just all this stuff Kanye is going through with uh, his new album coming soon, the the collab album with uh, with Chance, and then the possibility of a Watch the Throne too. Um, I mean, I think right now, I mean, I just want to start at this point. I think of a point that uh, Kanye Kanye is at right now. Jesus, I can't speak. Um, the point where he's at right now <laughs> is that he's. He's really, like, apologetic. I mean, he apologized for, like, that sleeve comment he had. Like, he's, for some reason, Kanye, for me, is just all over the place now. I mean, you don't know what he's going to say, how he's going to act, what he's going to do. I, Kanye is just Kanye. I mean, you, you now you expect the, the, the bullshit from him now. Um, but, I mean, if we're talking about Watch the Throne 2, I mean, he could just surprise us all and um, freaking have Jay Z back on there. You know, he he. I mean, I don't know. I mean, nowadays, you know, beef beef beefs end as soon as they start. You know, so I mean that that would be something crazy. I was like, yo, listen, let's have these two guys back at it again and just set the whole hip hop community on fire. Like it's. I mean, the first that first album was. I I I can't even speak about it. It's just it's just crazy, but um, like really like Kanye's. I'm just I'm really just hoping Kanye is gonna just give us good content and give us I'm, I mean give us something that's worth listening to. You know everything is iffy now. Everybody's like uh Kanye Kanye Kanye. Um, from what he says and how he's acting publicly to his music to you know the whoopity scoop songs. You know like. <laughs> Kanye is just all over the Kanye is just all over the place. So I mean, we're really everybody's really cluing in and keying in and has their eyes on him. And I think he kind of wants that right now. And he wants everybody like, yo, look at me. I'm doing a bunch of projects. I'm I'm showing you that, yo, listen, I can still do this. You know, have bars and have bars and uh, you know, make crazy beats. And and I think, and I think because he's doing that and people are watching him, um, some of the like some of the music is kind of suffering because, like you said, like you know you hear a little bit too much Kanye and and like in a Nas in like the like the Nas album I I heard Kanye, I heard Kanye a lot actually since you like brought it up I was like yo I did hear Kanye quite a bit, but you know Kanye is at this, at this place right now where he can really, I mean. Look, look, like we're watching him. This, this is what he wants. He wants us to talk. He wants us to be like, yo, like, what's going to happen with this chance or what's going to happen? You know, it's 
this is all him right now. I mean, he's come on. You got Daytona. You got the Tiana Taylor album. You got Nas. He's producing. Watch the Watch the Throne too. He, there's just a lot of stuff that he has that yo we're going to pay attention to and we have to pay attention to. You know. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, as far as what you're saying, beef end as quickly as they start. It it was a one-sided beef. Like Hope never had an issue with Kanye. Kanye was the one in the middle of his concert talking about Hove, give me a call, man. Please don't don't have me and my family killed. Like, who says stuff like that? Like, what? Why would you Why would you say something as crazy as that? Why would you ever think I would I would do something to your wife and and, and your like? Why Why would that even be something you would want to say on a stage as big as your your tour? Like, come on. Why would you? I don't I don't get that. Um, yeah. I mean, Kanye's been saying one-sided. some nut shit. Kanye's been saying yeah. some nut shit. Yeah. <laughs> and the crazy thing but. is, and it's going to be funny that I say this, I thought his last album was good. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I thought his last album was good. I, I really did. And I thought yeah. his, uh, I thought mm-hmm. the life of Pablo was good. And everyone tells me I'm insane. I am a Kanye West. Uh, to a degree, Kanye West Stan. Like, I love everything Kanye does. I think he's a freaking genius. It's just, it's sometimes, it's like, when he says things outside of music, I'm just like, I I can't support that, man. <laughs> like, like, I get it. He has a whole mental illness and everything, but it's like, his camp at some point has to say, yo, you, you probably shouldn't say that, man. Like, you, you should probably, like, shut up right now. <laughs> like, Someone should take his Twitter away. Like, it's just a whole lot of stuff Kanye West does. And I'm just like, someone has to have his back and, and bring him in and say, yo, you got to calm down. Like, the, the whole statement of, of slavery uh, was a choice. I actually, I'm probably the one person who kind of gets where he was coming from. I get what he was trying to say. I, I personally think, again, I don't talk to him, so I don't know this for sure. I think what he was trying to say is we, we as a people, we have the mindset of, um, you know, projecting the idea of, you know, white people are on this huge platform and we're stuck down here. And it's like change, times have changed. That's not the case anymore. Like we, we have businesses. We have uh, black-owned owned things and stuff like that. Like, we're taking ownership of, of movie companies and stuff like that. Like, it's not the same world we lived in all back then. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So I think he was saying the mindset of we're still in a mindset of a slave to where it's like we can't do this, we can't do that because they have all the power. Like, it, it's been a shift in that. It's not the same as it was back then, is what I thought he was trying to say. Um, But then it's just like, all right, if he's just coming out and saying slavery was a choice, like they just woke up one morning and was like, you know what, I ain't got nothing better to do than just be a slave today. Like, that's insane. But if he was trying to to curve it to a point where he was trying to say it's the mentality of how we carry our lives um, in today's time, I can kind of try to get it. Um to what he was trying to say, but it's like because it works for you doesn't mean it's something that I can just go out and do. Like I don't have the same luxuries that you do now. Um, so it's just it's it's weird, man. I, I I'm looking forward, weirdly enough, after everything I said, I'm looking forward to the music that he puts out because I love to critique it. I love to say, um, I honestly thought 808 heart 
Beats, I think was the album. That is Heartbreak. the one Kanye album. Heartbreak, I'm sorry. Heartbreak. That is the one mm. Kanye album I just was not a fan of. I thought it was just super weird the direction he took. I was just like, but it that was, was fire, weird. Though. But it was fire. I personally didn't. I thought that album gave birth to the Cuddies and all the rappers like that. Um, the Gambinos, but I just, I personally, it just didn't, it didn't, it didn't resonate with me. I thought Late Registration, I thought his comeback album, um, that, um, oh, Chris, help me out, the, uh, the one where he did, um, oh, oh, crap, hold on, I gotta look it up, this is gonna drive me crazy, <laughs> but his comeback album from that, I thought was, After um, which album? My Dark Twisted Fantasy, My Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah. That's the oh, one. Okay. That's the one. That's the one where I was just like, man, that is Kanye. That is the genius I knew and loved before he, you know, broke up with Amber and then did that sobby, heartbroken, <laughs> whatever album. Um, that's the Kanye I wanted. And then he was like, all right, I'm going to completely throw you off, Juwan. I'm going to give you Jesus, which sonically is like the greatest thing you ever heard, but I'm saying nothing on every song. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> what are you doing to me, Kanye? <laughs> um, so it was just it was it was insane to me. But I do want to ask you guys uh, before we move on from Kanye, uh, Chris Cook. I'll go to you first. If you had to pick one Kanye album that you could listen to every day, what would that one Kanye West album be? No, oh, you you that, can't do that. You why why? <laughs> Got to pick one, man. Got to pick one. Come on. Uh, can I just, Man, can I just um, <laughs> well, for me, it's probably going to be a tad bit, just a tad bit um, easier for me than you guys because why I, I do recognize the fact that Kanye has a lot of genius to him. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, a huge fan of probably his last two or three albums. thought they were okay. Mm-hmm. They're okay. I'm more of a, you know, give me the college dropout and late registration. Um, so I'm probably picking between those two. I'm, I'm probably going with late registration. Late registration. Okay. Hey, listen, <laughs> and to me, if, if it's uh, to me, because I love all of his projects except for that one, but those first two, there's, or the first three, actually, I'm sorry. To me, there's mm-hmm. no wrong answer. <laughs> there's no wrong answer. I could, I could take either one of those three and be happy. Um, but, but Cook, come on, man. You got to give it to me. Uh, pick one Kanye album, man. Late Registration was, was an amazing album. Amazing album. You got to give me yours now, man. Hello? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel as though that. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to think. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was feeling, I feel as though that. Ah, like, you know, I love the old Kanye when he was just spitting, like, bars. And then I love this, like, oh, the new Kanye, the beats, and the, the way how he puts together his work is crazy. Um, But I might have to go with Graduation. Dope, yep. That was dope, dope. I, I might have to go with that one. I, like, I'm, I'm, like, it's, I'm torn, but the thing is that, like, if, if I listen to it, like, if I'm listening yeah. to Kanye... Like if Kanye's in my rotation at the mo- like at the moment, the first thing the first thing that comes to my mind is graduation. Hey, listen, like I said, that album to me that's another album that gave birth to a lot of these 
a lot of these rappers. Like, you just get the sound and the feel. Like, Kanye did birth a lot of today's rappers, like a lot of them, um, both with the sound, both with just how he, uh, how he was fashionably back then and everything. He was just – he was so weird. He was the guy in pink uh, with, with the backpack on. Like, he was just so inventive. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was definitely something that – I look at it and I go, he he paved the way for your ASAP Rockies that's in the fashion. Uh, you know, a whole bunch of artists that, that are in that kind of that kind of vibe. Uh, Kanye definitely opened the door for all that. That was back when no one really thought all that was was cool with the backpack and and all that kind of uh, craziness. Um, but the album I'm going with is um, College Dropout. College yeah. Dropout. Here's what here's why I'm going with that. All falls down. Classic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus Walk, classic. Um, get him high with Talib Kweli and Common. That's a track of Kanye's that is super slept on. I could rap Kanye's whole first verse. Um, Workout Plan. That song was hilarious, hilarious. And then one of Kanye's best in slow jams uh, with, with Jamie Foxx. That was a classic. Yes, indeed. And then. <laughs> And then two more that were classics. One of them was slept on, but the other one we all know uh, is, is definitely a classic. Two words with most death and freeway. That song was mm. fire. That was grit. That was just like, that's hip-hop in its essence. That song yeah. right there. And then mm-hmm. the one that we all know, Through the Wire. That song was special. That was super special. Um, that song right there. But this album to me, from one all the way to 21, I just love this album. He even got D-Ray back when no one really knew who D-Ray was um, yeah. to to kind of voice the album, to, to kind of narrate the album, and that was super dope. Uh, two Chicago hey, kids. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I just want to say real quick, and that's what I was saying. I could probably flip between those two every time. I guess the one thing that really sticks out to me that I lost my mind was the first time I heard Jesus walk. <laughs> Like, what? I was getting a haircut. Well, let me tell you something, man. Dude used to cut my hair. Old friend of mine was a DJ on the side. So, and he had to, he was in the hood, so he had to hustle. So, you cut hair and, and, and sell you his mixtapes at the same time, like while you're in the chair. And he had to hustle because what he do, it was like a little small barbershop, right? So, what he do is when he gets you in the chair, you know, he had the, the sound equipment right beside him. So, he going to slip in one of his, his mixtapes or whatever, like, why he cutting your hair. And every time, I can't tell you how many times I'd walk out and spend like an extra 10 bucks outside the haircut because he had like, you know, a, a dope a dope tape or you know, CD he was playing. But when he played Jesus Walk Dude, let me tell you something. I stopped. He said, what? I said, let me get up for a minute. I had to stop him from getting, from coming out. I'm like, dude, who is that? What is that? He said, oh, yeah, that's Kanye. I said, I'm not leaving here without this. Matter of fact, give me two copies. Cause I can't, I can't sleep and not let my homeboy and not have. I feel like I would like doing my homeboy a disservice if I ain't bring him a copy. Like it was ridiculous. But yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Listen, <laughs> listen. That song was powerful. I mean, I, I, I remember the first time I heard that song, I was just like, everything he was saying. I'm just trying to say the way school need teachers, the way Catholic need to read it. That's the way I do Jesus. That's the way I do Jesus. Yeah. Devil trying to break me down. Anything except for Jesus. Yo, I was just like, yo, this guy is, what is he saying? This is crazy. No one's Mm -hmm. rapping about Jesus like this. Like, I thought Mm -hmm. at that point, Kanye, 
Kanye was a more gritty, lyrical version of Kirk Franklin. Mm-hmm. Like, that song just had me like, Lord Jesus, what, <laughs> what is he doing right now? So, yeah. I mean, that album, that album to me was so special. I love that album. It was my first introduction to Kanye. And the funny story is I've never, and when I say never, I'm being dead serious with you guys. I've never bought an album myself, like with my own money. I bought that album. I bought that album, and up until maybe four or five years ago, I still had that album. Uh, Case was still intact. CD was fine. I had the book inside. Something I want to say, by the way, CDs are slept on in today's time because one of the things I loved was the the cover art, and I loved the credits. I loved knowing who had their hand and what specifically. Um, mm. So I just I loved having that physical thing in my hand, uh, but it's super easy now that I can just like, hey Siri, play Kanye, like you know what I'm saying? Like I love that. Uh, I love that I have that ability now. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a one and only album I have ever physically bought because I just was like, man. And then he followed Jesus Walks with the next album with uh. Diamonds are forever, and I was just like, "All right, yeah, this is the one. This is the guy." Yeah, I was like, "This oh, is the guy. Man. This is the guy about to take over." Uh, and surely enough, he did. He followed that up with, like you said, uh, Chris, with with graduation. Which the, the respect I have for that album is on a whole nother level because remember that was when he was in that friendly beef with Fifty when they went album for album, and that mm-hmm. album out outsold Fifty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it kind of it kind of put to bed the nerdy rap versus the gangster rap. Like people were like, "Nah, man, I think I'm on this this nerdy rap wave." Like I like this. Um, and it was just amazing how much he outsold Fifty Cent with that album. And to me, that wasn't even out of the three his best album. <laughs> and he's still killing. He had the hit song with T Pain, "Good Life," that would just that just blew. It blew. Yeah. Meanwhile, Fifty Cent was trying to do AO technology with Justin Timberlake, and it flopped. Like it just—it wasn't working. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, that Kanye, as much as we love to sometimes hate him, we one thing we can never say about Kanye is that he is not a musical genius. Um, he has found a way to evolve his music year after year after year. Like it's never sounded the same, um, and I love that about him. But um, did you guys have anything else to add about about Kanye, about the albums that he, the album that he has coming out, anything like that? No. No, the only thing I want to say is y'all, he got me so hyped because when we finish this show, I'm about to go pop that joint in right now. Like I'm telling you, like <laughs> 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 late registration of sub by name, that's it's going down. But yeah. Listen, man, I'm trying to find a way to to figure out how to put um. That uh, get up high on with Talib Kweli in common. I'm trying to find a way to play that before the show's over. Cause when I tell you, I I don't think I've I've ever been able to rap a verse word for word, um, outside of that that Pusha and Kendrick song. But I don't think I've ever been able to rap a verse word for word like I can that specific verse of Kanye's. Uh, he just he was going in, man. He barely took a breath. He was just oh my goodness. And then Talib Kweli in common at the end. Anyway, uh, I can talk about Kanye forever. Let's let's move on. Um, let's talk a little bit. We've talked about beef starting. Let's talk about beef being squashed. And this is something I think we all saw coming. None of us thought Drake and Meek were going to be enemies forever. 
Uh, <laughs> it was just one of those things where it was just like it needed time. It needed space. It needed air. It needed just separation. Um, but we finally got the beef squash. They hugged on stage. They dap. A lot of people that make a big deal about this, it, it makes me laugh because these two um, squashing their beef is is not as monumental as when Hove and Nas did a song together, uh, Black Republicans. Like, when I heard that and I was just like, wait a minute, I thought they hated each other. Like, this is, this is monumental. I think when mm-hmm. Drake and Meek do that first song together since ending their beef, it'll be, it'll be dope uh, just to kind of get that that done with, have them on a song together again, but as far as beef squashing goes, it'll never touch Jay-Z and Nas doing a song together, but uh, Chris Sims, I want to go to you. What are your thoughts on Drake and Meek ending their beef, and I want to ask you this. Now that the beef is over, who actually won the beef between Meek and Drake? (laughs) Look, I ain't got a whole lot to say about it. I'm glad it's over, And, and it's probably over more so than a lot of cats uh, in the in the industry, uh, which is going to each one of them, telling them pretty much, you know, just let this go, you know, you know, uh, don't respond, just let this go, let this move on. Some pretty powerful voices out there. I believe uh, Jay Prince was one of the guys. Uh, Jay Prince holds a lot of weight in the game. A lot of folks know that. But, nah, I'm glad it's over. We can just move on um, from that. Um, you know, they do, you know, them doing something together, be off the charts. Um, like they're talking about something new, another song. I mean, who knows? The EP, whatever, would be crazy. Um, after all of this, you know, it's all about the money. But I think it would be dope. But who won it? I mean, come on, man. I, I mean, to me, it's obvious. You know, no matter what you want to say about Drake, as far as I'm concerned, whether he wrote his stuff or was ghostwritten or whatever, he, you know, you know, on your girls' tour and all that, your world tour. Your, I mean, come on, man. That's that's just crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, I, I thought this beef was over. It wasn't even the track. Um, it wasn't even music, actually. I thought this, this beef was over when I was watching Drake. Um, I was watching, like, live video of um, one of his concerts. Uh, this beef was over to me when he had a interpreter um, sign out, do sign language for that diss track uh, on his tour. And when I saw Whoa. that, I was just like, dang, man, he got deaf people out here, <laughs> you know, dissing you, Meek. Like, I don't think you can recover from that, man. Like, she was passionate about it. Like, she was getting into it and everything. I was just like, I don't know how you recover from that. Like, she was interpreting that like it was gang signs. Like, I was just like, dang. Uh, but I thought the beef was over at that point. I was just like, all right, all right, man, if you got deaf people out here saying, is that a world tour or your girls tour? I, I don't know where you go from there. Um, but Chris, um, what are your thoughts on them squashing beef, and who do you think ultimately won the beef? Well, you know, he did get body by a singing nigga, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, hands down, I mean, Drake came, Drake came out with back, to back this track at the same time. I think it was like Double charged up and then it was back to back. Yeah. I think it was those it was two. Charged so, up, then yeah, back to back. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, I mean, I knew it ended. You know what happened? Me probably was like, yo, babe, I miss you. Like he called him. He was like, yo, I miss you. <laughs> yo, come. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's what happened. And it was just like, all right, yo, let's just let's let it be over. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, the beef started over nothing. 
Like, the beef started over nothing. It, it was really all because Drake didn't shout out his album on Instagram or something like that, and he he felt the type of way. But even even when even when uh even when Meek was in uh, jail, still he was still saying like Drake was still saying like free Meek, you know, like it, like come on now, like it was. I knew it was gonna end, but it was just like I was just like, oh, you know, they're back together again, you know. It was just I was just like, yeah, like now now let's see, like let's let's see, like we can get some more music like Rico off of Meek Mill's album, which I think Drake outdone him in, in on that. But let's just see, like, what's going to happen, like, what what they're going to put together. You know, they might, like, I, I want to see what can actually happen. Like, Meek, I think, I don't know, Meek has came out with, with certain songs, like with T.I. Um, I forgot that new song that he had with T.I. Um, I can't remember it off the top of my head. But that song was fire. So, I mean, it's, so, I mean, I just can't wait. Like, Meek is back. Drake is in his bag once again. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. You know, it's gonna be a crazy win it's gonna be a crazy winter and it's gonna be and it goes right over to the you know, transitional right over to the spring and towards the summer. Like let's just see what's gonna happen. Hey, yeah, I mean, what, Go ahead. I just wanna say I'm gonna tell you what's gonna be crazy though. I just wanna throw this in real quick as far as Drake's concerned, right? Are we ever going to, unless somebody comes out and just disses him, well, they're going to always want to have something to say about him, but just straight disses him. It's going to be interesting to see if he just even gets into any more distress because you think about it. When all the all the things that he's been on in the past couple of years, all, all the little beasts, there's been people in the industry that have come back and just tell him, you know, nah, man, let's just move on. You know, we know, we know about some of the people that talk to him. I mentioned the whole, you know, Everybody knows about the fact about Jay Prince and him and the Pusha T situation. But, you know, I'm watching something on, um, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it was, uh, what's that, what's that uh, news joint with all the crack information on it? Um, uh, they got a sports joint, uh, TMZ. TMZ. Oh, okay. And it was, yeah, and, and it was reported a while back in TMZ that, you know, this isn't the first time. Like, you know, supposedly on the low key, he was the one responding, one of the cats responded to him in this particular beef with, with uh, you know, with your boy, you know, with, uh, with Meek now. You know, and it's just, you know, when, it, when we got to the Pusha T situation, like, you know, he stepped up even more. So and when, you, when you got powerful cats like that in your ear, man, um, no matter what your status is in the game, it's just going to be real interesting to see what goes on from here on out. Will we ever even see you know, Drake and another beef. Mm-hmm. Well, funny thing is, funny thing is, I view, I view the, and let's not forget, Drake was in another beef. Drake was in another beef that people keep completely watching over because it wasn't huge in headlines. If you don't know that Drake and Common were in the one of the most funniest beefs ever over Serena Williams, I'll tell you, go listen oh, to a song called Sweet by Common. And then listen to um, Stay Scheming by Rick Ross, French Montana, and Drake, where Drake's uh, responding to Common, and then Common gives us Sweet. Sweet might be one of the most underrated diss songs I have ever heard in my life. When I tell you Common was eating that man up, he was eating that man alive. And I was just like, I don't know if Drake, (laughs) I don't know if he can ever come back from that. Like, Common was killing him. 
And then just as Drake does it, he eluded it. No one cared. No one talked about it. And he just went on about mm-hmm. life. That's why when people tell me Pusha killed Drake, Pusha ruined Drake, he ruined money and everything for Drake, I'm just like, no, no. Drake is the is – the, and I don't think I've ever seen a musician of his stature. He is so untouchable. Like, Pusha gave him that crazy diss track. But when you think of today, who cares? It didn't affect Scorpion. It didn't affect his album that dropped. And no one to this day is talking about it anymore. No one is. No one cares. <laughs> no I one cares about whatsoever. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things where it's like, it's like, it's it's funny because it's like, yeah, that whole Adidas press run that Pusha was talking about, um, you know, it did affect that, that Adidas deal that it seemed like Drake had lined up where he was going to reveal his son. Um, so, yeah, it affected that. Cool. But it's like Drake doesn't depend on just Adidas. Drake has so many different avenues. Drake has so many different lanes. Um, it just it sidelined him a little bit. It, it did. Um, I mean, but Drake came back, and and you know it's funny because uh, Chris Cook, we were um, we were covering that Drake and Pusha beef. We actually uh, dropped that exclusive Pusha disc like right as it happened. Um, we dropped that diss track, and we were all just like. Yikes, Drake. Yikes. But as Drake said, I'm a Jay Prince investment. Uh, Jay Prince came and said, listen, b- let it be over with. Let it be over with. And a lot of people attributed that to Jay Prince was like, yo, I don't think you want anything to do with Pusha. I took that as whatever Drake had ready to come back at Pusha was crazy. Was cra- I don't know what it was, but it was crazy. I thought the Duffy freestyle was dope for Drake. Someone I don't I don't view as super lyrical. I don't view as super, you know, uh, you know, someone who's just gonna give you bars. I thought it was a dope tea sipping track. Like it was just one of those things where it was just like, hmm, okay. And honestly, that diss track was way more to Kanye than it was to Pusha. Half of those bars were to <laughs> were to um, were to Kanye. The whole idea of uh, you know, so what do you think, you know, if you coming at me for having someone write my lines, what do you think about the guy who's ma- who's making your songs? Like, Kanye has people that writes for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was the, the insinuation Drake was making. Um, and I was just like, yo, this was a really nice tea-sipping song. Um, like, it was really, it was, it was, it was nice. Um, but Drake is one of those guys to where he said way back, way back then, uh, diss me, you'll never hear a reply for it. And then he got into as much beef as he possibly could. He got into back and forth with Jay. He got into a beef with Common over Serena. He got into a beef with Pusha T over Lil Wayne. Like, <laughs> he jumped in a beef that he had nothing to do with. Um, so it was just one of those things where it's just like everyone who kept saying Drake didn't want smoke, he kind of seems like a guy that is in this point of his career is willing to have is willing to get into the smoke. Um, so I think we have to we have to get away from the narrative of Drake is scared of rap beefs. Drake is scared to go after certain rappers. Um, I think he's made it clear that it's like whoever wants to smoke, let's do it. Um, so I mean, it is one of those things where it's just like I'm glad that the beef is over. They would definitely have a song by by the the winter that's gonna shut the whole the whole winter down. Um, so I think we can all look forward to that. Uh, but as far as the beef, 
I'm glad it's over. It was a pointless, senseless beef to begin with. Because um, when Meek came out and was like, you don't write your own your own uh, rhymes, I don't think anyone had Drake in their top ten lyricists of all time. So it was just like, you telling us that just was like, okay. So, I mean, he makes singing songs anyway, so who cares? Um, but yeah, so I mean that's that's as, as much as we have on on the Drake and Meek beef being over. Congrats to both of them. Meek came out of prison on his whole activist thing. He got that new song with um, Ti that is fire. No one's talking about it. Let me be the first to tell you, Meek, that song is fire. Um, I cannot wait for Meek. Well, he dropped an EP that I thought was great. I can't wait for a full album from him. It's gonna be it's gonna be something to listen to. Um, but let's move on, talk about, we had a lot of albums drop this year, like a lot. Um, so instead of saying what we thought was the album of the year, I'd rather ask, you know what? No, no, I'll go with that. I'll stick with that. I'll stick with that. We had Jay-Z and Beyonce bless us. We had Kanye P. Diddy his way to like eight different albums. Um, we had Drake with Scorpion. We had Pusha with Daytona. We had, um... Trying to remember. Oh, J. Cole with KOD. We had so many albums drop this year. Chris Cook, I'm going to go to you. I already have a feeling it's going to be in the R&B field. But I'm going to ask you anyway, <laughs> what, was, what was your album of the year so far? Um, so far, I'm going to – and I'm torn. And the thing is that I'm, I'm talking about albums that I can play this album. I can listen to it all the way through without stopping, without, like, skipping a song or anything like that. Like, yo, this song is so, like, this. all these songs are, like, amazing and blows my mind. And the song, the song for me, the, the album for me is probably the album that just dropped, like, a couple of days ago, which is um, East Atlanta Love Letter by uh, Six Black or Black, as some people may call them. I mean, that whole album is, like, super, super, like, I, I can't even explain it. Like, he puts you in your bag, and it's not like he's sobbing or crying. Like, he's talking about real issues with him and, you know, love life and issues with his daughter. Like, it's just everything just all in one. And it's just something, like, I like I was, like, waiting for this project. And right now, like, before it was kind of Juice World, but right now, for me, like, as of right now, until the year is over, Six Black is at the top of my list right now. Yeah, man. Like I said, I listened to the first five tracks. That's that's all I got to so far on, on his album, on Black's album. That album is fire. Like I said, man, Bryson Tiller's gonna regret the day that he didn't that he didn't follow up with with Fire because Black's taking that spot. That is Black's spot. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing Tiller can do to reclaim that spot. It's it's gone. It's it's now Black. He has that on lock. There's nothing you can do. Um, that album, like I said, I heard the first five songs. The album was insane, man. He was get, he was getting in his bag. Um, and like you said, it's not super mushy kind of R&B. Like it's it's deep, intellectual, thoughtful, um, insightful kind of kind of an album. Uh, it's something that's like a hybrid that a lot of the R&B artists are doing now. It's not more let me proclaim my love to you. It's more like let me tell you about my life. Uh, through 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 singing, uh, right. and there's more to my life than just loving you know loving a woman. Like there's more to it. Being a father, like doing this, doing that, being a son, stuff like that. So I definitely thought he was doing amazing things 
with that album. And actually, I think tonight I'm gonna finish the album. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, man, that was that was a really, really, really good uh, album from what I heard so far. Uh, Chris Sims, what what do you got, man? What what are you taking as your album of the year so far? Well, it's crazy because this is probably one of the years where I haven't bought a whole lot of music. I probably bought less music this year so far than I have in a while. Um, downloaded or whatever, but and I could go a number of different ways. Um, when you first said it, the first thing I thought about was J. Cole um, and KLD, but it's um, that's, that's probably not going to be it. Um, I was crazy about the Black Panther soundtrack too, but if I had to pick one album this year, it's not it's not even a hip hop album really. It's um it's some of everything. It's Dirty Computer by Janelle Monae. Um, mm. Yeah, I just I just, yes, sir. I just think she's dope, man. Like, and then the whole album you listen to it, she's got a little Stevie Wonder in there. She got a joint with Pharrell. She's got various moods in there. I mean, that's just Janelle. She, she does what she does. She's got pop in there. Um, you got plenty of soul in there, funk. She kind of mixes it up, man. And yeah. since I first uh, listened to that album, like, I can't stop listening to it. Like, it's one of the few albums I can listen to that I can honestly tell you that's come out probably in the last year that I won't skip a track or anything, whether it's in my car, I'm at work in my office, you know, I'm in the gym, whatever. Uh, but that's probably, for me, my album of the year. Uh, would definitely be Dirty Computer by uh, Janelle Monet. And I, she's probably right now the only person that I'm really crazy about that I haven't seen live yet. But so I'm hoping to see her live soon. Listen, man, Janelle Monet to me is the female Andre 3000, someone who is just oh, good at real. everything. Everything. Like, she's you dope. just name something, she's good at it. She, she could do it. Um, and Andre 2000, just the way he bursts on the scene lyrically. And then how he flipped yep. that and did something so inventive. I keep telling people, the album 808 Heart, Heartbreak, you said, right? I keep forgetting the, the, the actual name of the album because I don't listen to it. Um, but that album stemmed from um, Roses, the album that he did um, separate from uh, the speaker box, um, uh, the, 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 the head-to-head album he did with Big Boy. That If you listen right. to that album, mm-hmm. the entire sound Kanye had for that 808, I'm not going to say came from, but was definitely birthed from everything Andre did on that Roses album. And that album is super slept on, has, has so many amazing songs. Andre is doing so many different things, whether it's vocally, whether it's lyrically, whether it's sonically, uh, with that album that you can look at 808s and go, I can kind of see where Kanye probably got a little bit of his motivation, uh, at least from the sound of it from. And it's definitely that. And I think Janelle Monae is in that same pocket. Joe Budden calls it the alien. And I think Andre 3000 and Janelle Monae are in a whole different class of their own. Like, I don't know anyone else in today's climate, whether it's male or female, that can do everything as well as the two of those can. And I'm telling you, man, if Andre ever came out of retirement, the Janelle Monae Three Stacks album would definitely be something I'd buy a physical copy of. Um, because I I would want that forever. I'd want to meet them, get them to sign it, frame it, because um, they would just make pure magic, just just magic. But, Chris, huge shout-outs to you, man. People sleep on Janelle Monae, uh, mm. and I'm really glad you brought that up because uh, that album was fire, and I think over a thousand times 
Uh, she just makes music that she feels good about. Like, she reminds me of, like, the same pocket Prince used to always put him, him, himself in. He always used to say he makes music that he likes, and he hopes that the listeners enjoy it also. Instead mm-hmm. of people that make music for the audience, he's making music for himself in hopes that you receive it the same way that he did. Uh, instead of vice versa. So she feels in that same kind of pocket that she's not going to cater to a specific demographic. She's just making music she's comfortable with in hopes that you receive it the same way that she did. Um, so that's what that's what makes me really love Janelle Monae um, because she just stays in her own lane and just be, she's just so inventive in how she goes about uh, producing music. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I completely agree with you on that, man. Definitely a slept on album. If you guys listening have not heard that album, go hear that album and go hear Black's album. Both really good albums. Um, the album I'm going to go with for my album of the year so far, I know everyone who knows me is going to assume it's Drake. It's not Drake. Believe it or not, I can't listen to Scorpion uh, all the way through. There's like at least six songs that I have to skip because I'm just like, those songs are filler songs, Drake. Like, they just didn't need to be on the album. Um, I'm going to go with the only album this year I could listen to start to finish repeatedly. And that, believe it or not, is Daytona. Pusha T has not yet, to me, made an album that I thought was subpar or bad. That album was Pusha T at his best. Front uh, uh, from track one all the way to track eight, push it, kill, and even in short album form, he even said in an interview he thought that was like an idiotic idea to limit an album like that. But only Pusha T could make an eight album uh, or eight track album. I'm sorry, work as effortlessly as he did, man. And to find a way to sneak diss people, and Pusha T is the only rapper that could make scoopity doop poopity poop work on a song. Like, he, he took Kanye's <laughs> stupid, stupid phrasing, and he, he just made it work on there uh, by surrounding it with just so much lyrical ability and content. Uh, I think that album, along with uh, Chris Cook, I think you can uh, speak to this more so. I actually thought um, X's album was up there as one of my albums of the year, and the only reason... Uh, I didn't pick it specifically is because I just, I don't know, man. Push is just, it's, he just killed that album. But X, that album to me was special for so many different reasons. Um, so that's definitely up there for me also. Um, mm-hmm. But Push is definitely what I'm going for, for my album of the year so far. Um, but who knows, Chance's album that comes out, Yandi that comes out, Kendrick's surprise album that I'm pretty sure he's going to drop this year comes out. I'm pretty sure after all that, one of those will probably be what we pick as our actual definitive album of the year. But guys, this has been an amazing first episode of Cultural Integrity. How you guys feel about this first episode, man? Fire, man. Had a good time. Fire, for sure. It's good, man. I I really like this, man. We we gotta stay. We gotta stay. We gotta stay with it, man. Absolutely. Look, uh, Chris, what Chris means by that is we had another show like this that we that we did, and then we kind of just lost our way with it. Um, but you are completely right. We will be. This will be somewhat of our core moving forward. We'll try to aim for every Tuesday at eight thirty to to knock out this show. 
Um, but I had a lot of fun with you guys. Uh, make sure you guys tune in next week. So uh, we'll have another episode. Trust me, hip-hop will give us so much more to talk about. The culture will give us so much more to talk about. But until then, guys, we'll see you guys next week. I'm going to play a little bit of Ease to play out the rest of the show. You guys have a good night. You peace. You